Hello and welcome to Chick I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell, and today we are talking about two Irish animated films, The Secret of Kells and Wolfwalkers. But first, let's catch up. I insist you go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the first thing I'm into is a show called Blood and Water on Netflix, and it is a new show set in Cape Town and made in Cape Town. And it is about a girl who transfers to a new school because she thinks that her sister who was abducted at birth goes there. And it's very like a soapy drama, you know, obviously you can tell from just that description about a sister abducted at birth. Um, And it was just... Uh, really fun to watch um, and there's going to be a second season and it's just like one of those shows that's fl- filled with beautiful yeah. people mm-hmm. um, so I definitely recommend that if you're looking it's like a good summer show too I feel like um, so it's on Netflix and another season will be coming out nice and the second thing I'm into is uh, on Sunday, I watched Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is the new movie with Angelina Jolie. And it is sort of like 90s action-esque, kind of. Um, it's about a woman who is a fire watcher, I think, or she sits in a tower and like looks for her fires. Um <laughs> And she uh, had previously lost people um, in a fire that she was in charge of. And so she's sort of dealing with the trauma from that. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, there is a little boy who is on the run because his father entrusted him with important information that like implicated important people in crimes. Well, because the dad and the dad, the dad died. So. Ah. Spoiler, but I mean, not really. (laughs) Um, And there are also like assassins chasing the boy. (laughs) And the assassins are played by Littlefinger from Game of Thrones and Nicholas Holt. Okay, two men who have very like mask-like faces. Yeah. Yeah, they're really, they're very bad and they're, uh, it's like very ridiculous also. Um, But it. It was really, it was like a really like solid watch, I think. Um, And then, and it was nice to see Angelina Jolie. We were just talking about how we feel like we haven't seen her in that many things, even though she's like the person that we think to think of when we think of like star power. Um, So it was really cool to see her. Yeah. um, Definitely. Back in it. Yeah. And then the last thing I'm into is Speed, which... Not the drug. (laughs) The movie with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. I've never seen it before, and I watched it for the first time last night, and it just hits a spot, you know? Like, I just wish I could watch it all over again for the first time. Yeah. It's like a perfect formula, and secretly a romance, which I didn't expect, and was pleasantly surprised. But I don't want to ruin this for you, but can you believe the sequel is they bring back Sandra Bullock's character, but not Keanu? Oh, like, I looked it up. How does that sad. make sense, though? Like, how I is know. she connected to another terrorist? I haven't seen it, I, but I'm just like, make it make sense. 
I know. I thought the same fucking thing because I just looked it up like probably 10 minutes before this. And I was like, but Keanu was like, he's so like calm and in control. Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Indeed. It is. It is just like a fun movie. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a stupid concept, but who cares? Uh, yeah. <laughs> More dumb, stupid things with really hot people in them. That yeah. Are fun. It's sort of like I'm like ramping up to fast and furious i'm so excited it's almost that time of year for you i'm so excited anyway That's very exciting and now i watch point i watch point break tonight for the first time which you're in a mood not as good but Keanu. is also getting me hype for fast and furious so okay okay what about you bridget so I'm in the middle of many life changes right now, and I'm very insecure because I've completed like three books a month since the beginning of the year, or I've read 16 books so far, and I've only read one book this whole month, and I'm like, this month is almost over, so fuck. Um, yeah, but you also like moved. It's fine. No, I know, but it's my it's my stupid Goodreads account that has like gamified reading for me. I know, um, but, but you'll read like five in like you know. Uh, you'll take a you'll be on the beach at some point this summer and you'll crush like five books in a week or something and i'm reading a very small thin 140 page book on the american revolution (laughs) so i'm gonna count that Uh, yes of course yeah and i'm also reading the priory of the orange tree which i talked about on the podcast a couple weeks Mm. ago and that book is fucking long that should count as like three books it should count as three books um so I'm into a couple of songs that uh, I really think are going to be like my sound of the summer um, mm. and that I've been listening to a lot while driving back and forth from Philly. And they all happen to be duets um, by women, uh, women artists together. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, or just duets by people, you know, um, that I really like. But the first is Kiss Me More by Doja Cat and SZA. It's a great song. You hear it the first time and you're like, okay, that's cute. You hear it the second time and you're like, pretty good. The third time you're like, is this the song of the summer? The fourth time you're screaming the lyrics. You're rapping along with Doja Cat. I love Doja Cat has such a weird, scratchy, distinct voice. At one point she says the word rubbish in this song. (laughs) I also thought at one point that she was singing... I'm giving you one Republic, you know, like that band. That yeah. Sang the and I was like, what? I thought so that she's, too. She's saying like, I'm giving you one in public, um, oh. <laughs> which makes more sense. But I was like, she's giving me one Republic. It's too late to apologize. Um, <laughs> it's such a good song. And I watched the video and the video's premise is this really hot astronaut gets uh, crash lands onto a planet in which Doja Cat and SZA are like giant, sexy women. And what is, I feel like there's a word, and I can Google this when we're done recording, for people who are turned on by giant women. That has to be a thing. It definitely is a thing. I know it's like, I know that, uh, God, I'm, I know that when you are turned on by the idea of like being put inside of a giant woman. Okay, all right, same thing, basically. You know, is, yeah. The, well, the mu- the music video, <laughs> the music video, I think would it, it would in, um, it would interest someone with that um, attraction, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just fun. I just think Doja Cat is really fun. I know she's said problematic things, but you know what? We're all complex people living in the world. Um, <laughs> uh, the second song is "Like I Used To" by Sharon Bennett and, and Angel Olsen, two women who I think are really influenced a lot by Bruce Springsteen. Um, Mm. And this is such a good, just like rock and roll track. 
they have such a great back and forth and their voices sound amazing. And it's another like yell it in the car song. Um, they're both so good. It's like a great meeting of the voices. Uh, it's a fun song. Uh, I have less to say about it, I guess, because I have, <laughs> it doesn't have a music video with big sexy women in it. Um, <laughs> and then the third and final song is Anything at All by Bachelor, which is a band um, composed of Pale Hound and Jason. Um, I actually listened to the three songs they released, and they're all really, really good, but I think this is my favorite one. They have also really complimentary voices, and um, I'm just grooving to these songs, man. And you know what? They're not a commitment that I have to read or listen to, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying, Mackenzie. Let's jump into these movies for children that we have picked out to talk about today. Yeah, sure. Um so our first film that we're talking about is The Secret of Kells from 2009. Brendan is a young monk in training who spends his days under the watchful eye of his uncle, the abbot. They live in the Abbey of Kells, which his uncle obsessively fortifies against a future attack by Vikings or the Northmen. When another monk arrives in Kells with a beautiful manuscript, Brandon discovers a world of magic in the surrounding woods. And he meets a hot girl there. I mean, she's a child. She's a child, so I, I don't mean it like that. But for children thinking about other children. I mean, when I was a kid and I watched this, and by kid, I mean I was probably like 14 or whatever yeah i yeah i was like i hope they get together and which is why i was disappointed at the end when he's old and she is still a child i guess that makes sense but she referenced having a mother so i was like maybe she can grow up um Hmm. i will just come out and say it i brendan kind of a boring little kid i do yeah i mean i think his character is really just like a vessel for a beautiful illustrated yeah and soundtracked yeah uh movie yeah. yeah so definitely the defining feature of both of these films is the animation style and they're both produced by a production company called Cartoon Saloon or for some reason I was re- reading it silently but thinking the word saloon was salon so i was like carton salon um (laughs) but that's not what it is based in ireland based in kilkenny i think where the subsequent movie we're going to talk about is um also located Mm. um and both of these films were directed by tom moore and this one was also directed by nora toomey who produces wolf walkers and has a voice acting credit in it as well and i think um i think these two films are really fun and great to talk about because they're like part of this production company that has really carved a space for itself in between um, animated movies that kind of look like trash, (laughs) really (laughs) popular animated movies. Yeah. I, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Ratatouille, but I am very like tired of that animation style of, just like very plastic looking Mm -hmm. Um, Pixar, Disney uh, animation. Um, I like how, like I just, it's such a, like it, I guess this type of illustration along with like, you know, Ghibli and stuff. It, to me, it feels more like 
intentional or something mm-hmm. or like uh it's just i think it's just, I, I, and just like better to look at like i think it's yeah. prettier <laughs> i totally agree with you um in reading some reviews of these movies you see people like kind of name check kind of like the the common animated fair right now i'm thinking of like kung fu panda or the one where the animals all sing maybe called sing and um. you know I'm not trying to say things were better when we were kids, but I do think like 2D animation um, is a really special and beautiful art and Mm -hmm. that the film is told differently when you animate it in this intentional way, like you were saying. Um, And this movie is trying to emulate, like, I think also what they're trying to do at Cartoon Saloon is like kind of preserve Irish culture and update it for this specific type of filmmaking, which is really cool to think about, you know? Um, So this is like the Mm -hmm. first movie in a trilogy they did about like Irish folklore. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not covering the middle one called song of the sea whose trailer I watched. And it also looks really cute and also very distinct. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cute. Yeah. But so this movie is trying to emulate in its animation, the actual book of Kells and kind of like medieval manuscripts. And while I was watching this movie, this part of my brain I haven't activated in almost 10 years from Art History 101 in 2011 was like, oh, yeah, you learned about the Cairo page of the Book of Kells. Like, you know things about this. Um, and I remember, like, one of the things we learned was, you know how the manuscript and also the Book of the Secret of Kells, the movie, they have these, like, kind of, like, lines that'll go around the art, and mm-hmm. they kind of almost look like a braid. Mm-hmm. Um they're like thick lines. Mm-hmm. I remember learning in that class that they were like protective, almost like magic lines. Um, and that like them being like around your lettering or around your page was um, like a protective magic. Um, and there's so this cool. word that I tried to type into Google a bunch of times when I was watching this movie. It was something like, I'm not even going to say it, but it was a specific <laughs> word about this type of um, interlocking lines, making a protective barrier. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. To remember. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, Like another cool thing that the animation does is that it plays with like perspective and patterns Mm. a lot and um, can show you different things at once, like in a way that. Um, an animated movie that like I haven't seen from like a Pixar movie I guess yeah um and I really like I really really like how it like flattens the landscape Mm -hmm. and I think it I mean I can't speak for children but I think it might like spark their imagination a little bit more because I think that it's something that they feel like Mm-hmm. it's sort of like kids do that you know like they yeah. flatten everything when they draw um and there's also more playing with like textures so there will be like different patterns um which is something that you really miss in like pixar movies mm-hmm. i think because it's all sort of like i said before like shiny or like mm-hmm. it's hard to like like plasticky um but it's I like that you can like see the and I guess we'll talk about this more with Wolf Walkers, but um yeah, I just really like it. 
Refreshing to my eyes. Definitely. Um, I read this blog post by a, a writer just known as the Quotorium, kind of talking about the animation and also the practice of illuminating a manuscript. And this person writes, Many times throughout The Secret of Kells, characters refer to the book as one which, quote, turns darkness into light. Illumination is taken very literally in this context as something which sheds light, sheds light and the term for intricate illustrations in text. Animating the illuminations in the Book of Kells turns darkness into light on a textual and technical level in a few ways. For one, it acts as a form of preservation and reconstruction, the way that a museum might cast a mold of a statue or create a copy of a painting. Um, instead of simulating real life, the animation in this film delights in showing the viewer exactly how unreal it is by using a flattened perspective. And I think that's a really good way of pointing that out, right. um, that it's not it's not trying to be realistic. And I think Pixar, mm-hmm. not to just keep racking on Pixar, <laughs> has almost moved, started to move into like the uncanny valley, even mm-hmm. though like their humans don't look like they're literally trying to look like humans. It mm-hmm. does look like they have now reached a level of like, oh my God, there looks like there's pores on this person's skin, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do get that. That it's getting a little weird. Something interesting also about this movie is that the background of the story is ostensibly kind of about a Viking invasion of Mm -hmm. Ireland. Um, And I think that's like a big heady topic for a kid's movie. Obviously, kid's movies grapple with these kind of topics all the time. But Mm -hmm. this movie um, is careful not to make any specific references to the origin of the Vikings or even to like have them appear as like human human renderings at all they're kind of like these scary boogeymen with pointy helmets Mm -hmm. and another interesting thing that i guess if i could talk to a child who watched this film i would be like did you understand what the book was because it's not clear to me watching the movie that it's a bible yeah me neither or even that they're christians um i think I think to me, it's clear that they're Christians just because, like, they're monks and and he, the abbot, is always, like, ragging on pagan stuff, I think, Mm -hmm. kind of. But but I guess you want to imagine, at least, like, as a kid, I would think that you would want to imagine the book as, like, something magical, which it sounds like it sort of was if with the um borders and stuff Mm -hmm. um and i do think that speaking of the northmen or vikings this that this movie is like kind of scary like the portrayal of them the villains are uh it's it's really scary they have these like um like kind of uh, like devil uh, yeah de- like mm. and the the voices too are just really scary um they're mm. like deep and scratchy and um we read an interview with tom moore where he says that he was inspired by the thief and the cobbler um which is have you ever seen that movie uh no i haven't um it's so good uh and I, well, I mean, I watched it when I was a kid, so I don't know if it holds up, but I remember just loving it because it does have like a really unique animation style and it does like mess with perspective and like patterns and things. It is a little more explicitly like Disney-esque, mm. um, just based on like the characters, but it's a really re- unique story and it has similar villains in that where you're just, and you do get, you feel, I think this and 
uh, the thief and the cobbler have like similar like villains and and yeah. you like I think these two movies are are scary in a way that a lot of like I don't remember being scared for like other Disney movies that much yeah um but these ones are like genuinely scary <laughs> genuinely scary and I think the book of the secret of Kells is um it's scary because there's like not it doesn't have like a very traditional like Hollywood Disney kind of arc where it's mm-hmm. not like Brendan and the other monks like save the abbey from the Vikings right you know? um, yeah it just kind of happens um Mm-hmm. And they, they keep moving the book around and they eventually reunite years and years later. And I think a theme that runs in both of these movies, too, is that, like, adults are scared and yeah. helpless. And yeah. that, as a, sh- as a child, that scared me, like, yes. a lot in yeah. movies. Like, uh, in Spirited Away, I talked about that. Right. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing that I have always had a problem with with this movie is the pacing, I yeah. think. That you get really invested in Ashling, the fairy girl, and Brendan's friendship. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, the Vikings attack. And then in the last, like, ten minutes or so, it's very quickly wrapped up with, like, this montage of him growing up and working on the mm-hmm. book. And you never see him reunite with Ashling, really. Yeah. Um. So I I always thought that was sort of disappointing. Um but it bothered me I think more as a kid, I think than as yeah. an adult. Mhm. It's funny you should say that. Um for our reviews, our one-star reviews today, I looked at some children's reviews on Common Sense Media and I think a child says something very similar like yeah. the pacing <laughs> of this movie is way off. I was uh, impressed with those reviews. I'm excited to read them. Oh, uh, yeah, they're These kids all are smart. <laughs> we need to have a child anchor on the podcast. Uh, definitely. Um, did you have a favorite like animated sequence? I know I loved the Punger Bon song about the cat, which I want to name a cat Bon or Punger. Yeah. Bon. Um I mean, I that is probably my favorite too. I used to sing the song. (laughs) It's a really good song. The whole so I guess to um, I also really like the opening, which is it just really like keys you into like this spooky, Mm. like mythical atmosphere that you can sort of expect from parts of the movie which Mm -hmm. i think is important because otherwise when you're just in the abbey it's a little bit like humdrum kind of or just like a like a kid running around and Mm -hmm. whatever but it opens with this like whispering from ashling which is very spooky and the music is by bruno coulet I have no idea if that's how you say his last name. Um, But he's done like Coraline um, and stuff. So he's just really good at like this like Mm. spooky music box type. Yeah, like like, sing-songy. Yeah, and um, it really works. It's so good. It just like sets the tone but doesn't make you feel like you're being – like you want it, you want it to set the tone. I feel like some movies are just go like too overboard, and you're like, "Stop! Yeah. Don't tell me how to yeah. feel." Music, yeah. But this is more about like creating a really cool atmosphere, which I, 
I like jam a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. Like it's so good. The music. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to point out that in this interview we read with Tom Moore, he said that hopefully our film will give an accessible way into this tradition to those who are interested. It's cheaper than a degree in art history. And he is right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This first one's really long. I'll read it. It's from a 14-year-old, okay? So the okay. same age Mackenzie was when she watched the movie. <laughs> this movie was good, but I have a few problems with it. Overall, it was probably a bit intense for little kids, but otherwise wonderful. My issues with it lie deeper than that. I enjoyed the fact that it played off Irish culture, history, and fables, but it wasn't entirely accurate. One little thing I picked up was that most of the characters are redheads. I mean, two of them are redheads, right? Yeah. Okay. And they're related. But, yeah, but the fear... But they fear the coming of the Vikings. Historically, the, quote, typical Irish red hair came from the Vikings, which I did not know, which would make it impossible for the movie's characters to have red hair before their arrival. This doesn't make it a bad movie. I'm just nitpicking. One more significant problem is that it ends too early. The story is hardly resolved. The last few years of the story are summed up in a couple of minutes, which I thought did it little justice. Not to mention, my favorite character, the spirit girl, is underused. I'd like to have seen more of her. Despite my review so far, which I feel I should apologize for, the movie is beautiful. A 14-year-old wrote that. I, it's really well-written, too. It's, like, super well-written. Maybe an adult, like, was in the wrong tab or something. <laughs> and I, anyway, agree, agree, agree. Agree, agree. Yeah, I mean, maybe not about the red hair stuff. Yeah, the uh, red hair I, stuff. I don't That's, know anything that about is, that. They admit they're nit- nitpicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I'm going to tell Tim that his red hair is from colonizing Vikings. Well, he doesn't, isn't he like Swedish? So. Yeah, he's Swedish, so, yeah. Tracks. Mm, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second one-star review is from an 11-year-old. Secret of Kells is my favorite movie ever. However, it could be very scary for young kids. I was shaking the entire time, and I'm 11. So sweet. So sweet. Oh, my gosh. Um, This is a review from a 10-year-old. It says, it's pretty good, but the animation is sometimes weird. There are scary scenes, and the end is so sad it made me cry. Oh, isn't that so sweet? Yes. It does have a good, like, sad, but... Hopeful. The second movie we're talking about is Wolf Walkers from 2020. Robin Goodfellow lives in an English colony with her father, who has been hired to exterminate every wolf in the Irish wilderness that's outside the town. Even though her father forbids her from entering the forest, Robin cannot be confined. While adventuring, she meets Maeve, a fiery young girl who can transform into a wolf while her body sleeps. After Maeve inadvertently turns Robin into a wolfwalker, the two young girls must rescue both of their parents from the cruel Lord Protector. I liked this movie a lot more than Secret of Kells. I liked it more too because it seemed like an idea that was able to do exactly what it wanted to do yeah. instead of Secret of Kells, which felt like it like kind of ran like, out of plot almost. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely some things it shares in common. Um we'll mm-hmm. talk about the animation in a sec, but I think there's some big commonalities with Secret of Kells kind of um, a child exploring the natural outside world, connecting with it in a way where nature and the environment are like inherently good and a source of curiosity that broadens the child's horizons to other people and ultimately makes them more empathetic. Um, And also adults living in fear 
and children being mm-hmm. more open to change. And Glenn Weldon says something nice about that. Um, he starts his review in NPR about how the exchange between Robin and her dad, where Robin is basically like, dad, like, why are you doing, why are you acting like this? Um, and he says like, it's because I'm afraid. Right. Um, yeah. Which is pretty unusual to have an adult in a kid's movie say. Yeah. I think other than that, (laughs) the, the format is a little similar in that the protagonist meets uh, like a fairy spirit, basically. And in the Wolfwalkers, it's in the form of Maeve, who has an Irish last name I'm not even going to try to say. Um, <laughs> and uh, my middle, my first and middle name are Bridget Reardon, so like I should be able to, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting how uh, Maeve and Ashling both <laughs> are animated kind of in a similar style where yeah. they... They move in a similar way. Like their hair sort of becomes like it takes over their whole movement and they're just like this dash of hair that's yeah. sort of running around. And it is sort of like animal like the way that they move. I mean, obviously, uh Maeve is a wolf walker, so it's like more yeah. explicitly like, oh, she can turn into a wolf, so of course she moves this way. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also just like this, you know, showing this playfulness and also like you know like closeness with nature Mm -hmm. this movie does have some uh like it's animated in a similar way to the secret of Kells, but it is a little different um it's more it's definitely more polished i would say and more consistent um but it does the same like flattening that we talked about which i was glad to see and loved it but it also does this thing where you can see the uh sketch marks like Mm. underneath the final animation and i like the in the glenn weldon review the line he says uh the finished figure exists alongside the work it took to create Mm. it every frame is a tiny act of time travel and i think that is such a good way to put it like and like express the way that it's different than something like a Pixar movie. Just Mm -hmm. you're able to see like all the work that put into it. And it does really feel like time travel almost. I think that's a great way he phrased it. Um, But a couple, there were like a couple, uh, like two ways that things were animated that reminded me like of a Ghibli movie, just in the way that it sort of like, paused focused on characters and like gave a feeling of like tension and Mm. they one was when robin uh like something magical happened to her or something and her hair like floofed up which is like a Mm -hmm. very common like ghibli thing Mm -hmm. but there was another one where her and Maeve are hiding behind a like veil of vines and Mm. robin's father is um on the other side and almost about to peek through and they're sort of they're cowering together and they sort of shrink back and it is like it reminded me so much of how like when and i just obviously have seen these movies a million times but uh like (laughs) uh, haku and chihiro are like hiding from the people when she's first discovered so and it just it's like it's just it's so like subtle, but it just it does have this feeling 
I don't know. It makes you feel like connected to them somehow or I don't know. Yeah. It just it, it definitely like stirs something inside of me where I'm like sure. This is great. <laughs> definitely. And hearing you talk about it that way and compare it to Spirited Away um kind of made me think about how in a few of the reviews we read um some critics mentioned kind of getting like a queer read on the relationship between mm. I think not just the relationship between Maven Robin but also Maven Robin as individuals mm. both being different both um you know kind of having this um secret transformation that they go mm. through and I think that in kids movies this kind of like trope that we have encountered so much in these movies we love of like an ordinary child ordinary in quotes like encountering someone who is somehow set apart and different Mm -hmm. and then like becoming friends with them and also realizing that they're different uh Mm -hmm. you know is is kind of like a a queer childhood story um and uh you know robin is introduced to us as she's being she's like very um adventurous she doesn't Mm -hmm. want to work in the kitchens with the other women she wants to go out and be like her father Mm -hmm. and she finds a kindred spirit in Maeve. um and the I think their relationship and their friendship is um, kind of it just touched me more than Ashling and, and Brendan um, mm-hmm. and kind of had more room to like breathe exactly yeah. like you were describing. Um, and there's they have actual kind of like tension and kind of an arc as well. Right. Um, there's a really wrenching scene where the people of the city have been gathered together to like watch Maeve's mother who's trapped in the body of a wolf like kind of get tortured and Maeve is distraught seeing it. And it's very mm-hmm. moving because she's so distraught. She finally sees her mother and she's in trouble. Mm-hmm. And Robin, thinking she's trying to save Maeve, sets the town children on her. And it's very, very wrenching to watch. Right. So I think a more emotional movie altogether. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so the payoff is greater, too. Like yeah. when they're all together and safe at the end, as you would hope they are. Mm-hmm. it's so it just feels so good and so right and just is very moving <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah it is more it is really moving to see the them all together yeah and it is kind of like i was thinking about it and i was like it it is like about like kind of like found family and mm-hmm. like about like two people because the robin's dad and mave's mom uh, and parent up, trap yeah they end up <laughs> together um and i think at first i was like oh are they really gonna like force these two people to be together but you know it, it's honestly what i wanted to happen yeah. and like it is just like you can make your own family i yeah. guess it was so it was very sweet mackenzie when you're the only two adult wolf walkers left you have to hook up <laughs> Right. I mean, she should bite someone else, too. She like, should. They should I know. They're around. like, it's only us left. And we're like, well, you're just biting people left and right over yeah. here. <laughs> A whole family. Yeah. Um, David Ehrlich, in his review in IndieWire, says, The film's animation is only worth celebrating because of how it serves a moving story that reflects the nature of fear against our fear of nature and leverages a potentially staid father-daughter saga into a film that weaponizes the wonder of the unknown against the evils of colonialism without talking down to the older kid audience at which it's aimed. What cannot be tamed must be destroyed. The Lord protector barks at one point in a tale that takes great pleasure in neutering those words. Um, So it's another similar theme. And I think it's interesting that the, I haven't seen song of the sea, but both of these movies are about kind of 
uh, Irish history um, mm. through this context of like wilderness and beauty and nature being like tamped down by outside forces too. Mm. Yeah. Song of the Sea is, I, as from what I can remember, is more about like, f- like a family, mm-hmm. um, and is the reason I know how to say Sirsha, like Sirsha Ronan. Yeah. yeah, I think that's such a pretty name. But um. <laughs> Bilge, Bilge Eberry and um, Vulture was like, in his review, he said that Sirsha Ronan should get like a residual check for this movie because he thinks <laughs> that Robin looks just like her. And I was like, in that she's a blonde girl. In, with a, like a long face that's such a weird thing to say <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> he knows like one irish person and it's her and so he's like i know oh. <laughs> <laughs> so true so true oh and this movie has sean bean in it and brendan gleason is in secret of the kells kind of the only two really big names but maybe the other names are more recognizable to a local audience mm-hmm. um and uh, also robin's not even irish she's english oh that's true too yeah <laughs> Is Sean Bean English? Yeah, I guess Sean Bean is English. Yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, now for some more uh, reviews from adorable child film critics. Would you like to start? <laughs> yeah. So the first one is from a 12 year old. It was awesome. It was extremely exciting. Extremely. And it was nothing short of awesome. <laughs> My only complaint would be that they made the bad guy seem like a Christian, even though he truly was not. Well, Kids, sometimes Christians are the bad guys. <laughs> Yeah, like a lot maybe, of the time. <laughs> maybe you need to watch a few more movies. <laughs> this is from a nine-year-old, and they said, fun, it got extremely dark and scary at the end. I'm sorry they felt that way, because it has a happy ending at least. Yeah, and I feel like for some reason this did, this one didn't strike me as as, as scary as mm, Secret, of um, Secret of Kells, and I think it's because like you had a face to the villain, uh, when the other one seemed, and the parents were there, you know, like mm-hmm. it was yeah. less, it was less scary that way too. Um, yeah. But the th- third and final one star review is from a thirteen year old. So yeah, it gets a little perilous, but it's wolves, and wolves are awesome. It is empowering and strong, so it's good. So cute! I love it. I love that they were like, it's empowering and strong. Yeah. That's so cute that you're coming from a 13-year-old. Yeah, definitely. Robin and uh, Maeve, too, are great characters. Oh, Um, yeah, for sure. They're like little badasses. Very strong. Yeah, they're very, very strong. And they stand up to adults and save their parents. Yeah. 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 Um, Common Sense Media, where I found these reviews, flagged this movie for language. And I was like, language? (laughs) And I clicked through. And the words they pointed out were, which idiot? And Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> wow. Which, yeah, crazy. Um, so, yeah, that was our Secret of Kells. Wait, did we rate them? No. Let's rate them now. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Secret of Kells. I think at one point before seeing Wolf Walkers, I would have rated it higher. But now that I'm comparing it to Wolf Walkers, I'm going to rate it lower. Mm, I feel you. Um, so I'll rate it a six. Interesting. I'm going to rate it a five, a 10 for animation for both of these movies. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, so beautiful. Worth seeing for the animation alone. And I do feel like perhaps as a studio, they are finding their footing kind of in telling Mm -hmm. stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm excited for, they're going to have an Apple TV show. I don't have Apple TV, so I guess I'll never see it. But (laughs) they're going to have a TV show called My Father's Dragon. And I'm like, sign me up. That sounds Um, cool. Yeah. I'm going to rate Wolfwalkers a seven. I really liked it. It was really sweet. And I think it should have probably won Best Picture, Best Animated Picture over Soul. But whatever. Pixar um, just wins every year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to rate Wolfwalkers the seven also. Um, it was a really good, it was a really, like, well thought out story and a joy to watch. And it, mm-hmm. it it's much longer than Secret of Kells. Secret of Kells is only an hour 15. This is, like, two, I think. Or an yeah, hour 50. Yeah, yeah. Um. But it it like makes use of every minute. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's stretched too long. It's great. So um, I'll rate it a seven. I recommended it to my goddaughter who's Aww. eleven and loves wolves. She's got to watch. She's got to watch. <laughs> I know. Chick Flicks is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grieve Carlson for our music. Our next episode will air on June fourteenth. And we'll be discussing I'm pregnant and Plan B. I don't know why I'm laughing. It sounds like uh, it sounds like a, like a sentence tool, like like I don't know, and not Just movie titles. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the theme is abortion. Um, you uh, uh, you can follow Chick Flicks on Instagram and Twitter at Chick Flicks Pod, and email us at chickflicks at podcastgmail.com. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and leave us a review. Oh, oh God. 